0: blood, and here comes drought, please don't scream and please don't shout, say your prayers but don't freak out, it's just the end of the world. Hello and welcome to Apocalypses Now, a podcast where we watch the end of the world over and over again. My name is Morgan Morse. Welcome to
1: Apocalypses Now, the podcast where we watch the end of the world over and over again. My name is Ronan and I'm Morgan
0: Morse. Hey, I just said that.
1: Yeah, but you didn't do it right.
0: You I didn't do, do it right. right. No. What? How? Do it one more time. Let me hear how it's supposed to be done. Hi. <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> uh. This is the comedy commentary podcast where we watch uh, a pop. No, you don't like the that?
0: implied question marks are definitely accurate. I feel
1: <laughs> where we watch uh, apocalypse movies this time around. We have watched invasion of the body snatchers, the 1978 film version mm-hmm. directed by
0: Philip Kaufman starring Donald Sutherland
1: and oh God, Brooke, forgive me, Brooke Adams, Veronica, Brooke Adams.
0: Jeff Goldblum and, in a very uh, early role leonard nimoy as well leonard nimoy oh yeah leonard nimoy
1: yeah uh so this was an interesting watch for me because infamously amongst my friends i don't watch movies before like the year 2000 which is just wild to me that is absolutely wild my roommate was trying to dissuade me from my lifestyle and (laughs) he was like come on have you even seen forrest jump and I was like, when did it come out? And he looked at me and he widened his eyes and he was like, 2019.
0: <laughs> <To> try... <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to keep telling you that movies were made recently. And you're going to be watching them. And you're going to be like, this feels this is in black and white. And weird that it's starring several dead actors. Then I'm like, yeah, it's a choice. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> That's
1: that CGI is crazy, man.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The stuff they can do nowadays. Audience, to give you an idea, if you have no familiarity with Invasion of the Body Snatchers,
0: oh, yeah, major spoilers ahead, by the way. I think we've sort of major. decided that yeah. on this show we don't really care about spoilers. So if you care about spoilers, then avoid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the movie also came out in 1978. So, right. <laughs> uh, it's a remake of a film from the 50s that is based on a serial novel from a magazine. I forgot, oh, man. I forgot the name of the author. Hold on, I can look it up real quick. Jack Finney's 1954 serialized novel in Collier's Magazine, Body Snatchers. Yep. And uh, the first rendition in film was in 1956 by director Don Siegel. Mm-hmm. And uh, to my understanding, the writing was really influ- in the 1956 film, were both really influenced by this idea of um, the rise of communism and and McCarthyism in America at the time. And this idea of anyone around you, you know, they look... Like they look like you and they talk like you, but uh, you know, inside they're whatever,
0: yeah, it sort of has been seen as an allegory for. Lots of different things and that the people who originally made the movie, it's unclear if they had a specific intention as far as allegory goes. Some of them say that, oh, no, we were just writing a thriller. But I think one of the writers or the director or somebody did say at one point that it was in reaction to McCarthyism. The, the way that the concept is set up, which is that there are aliens that are have come to Earth and are duplicating human beings and taking their place and basically just living their lives, except with no emotion, with no feeling. They just go on, but they're just changed uh, and they're part of this sort of collective whole of this yeah. alien race. So it's like a classic alien takeover apocalypse we're dealing with here. Right, exactly. But in sort in a more insidious way, it's just sort of this slow dawning realization that everybody around you is changing. And because of the way that concept works, it has sort of been over the years a catch-all allegory. You could make that be anti-anything you know what I mean like it could be anti-communist it could be anti-McCarthyist it could be anti-capitalist it could be anti-conformism in general it could be anti-colonialism you know I read something about the original book that apparently one of the aliens is like well we're just doing the same thing that you do you know you just go from place to place and you take it over and you use up all the resources and then you leave so one of the questions that I had was If it's such a malleable allegory, is that good writing? Is that bad writing because it doesn't have a specific point of view? Or is it cool that it can be seen as so many different things? What do you think about Mm. that?
1: Well, first, I want to say for any listeners who are wondering like, oh, what's McCarthyism? Um, Go read a book. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Come on. Educate yourself. Yeah.
1: It's a seminal part of American history.
0: (laughs) Take American history. No, but like in all seriousness, though, I wonder um, I wonder what the common understanding of McCarthyism is. Well, so, you know what? Jokes aside, I will say that Joseph McCarthy was an American senator who became obsessed with rooting out communism in the United States. And he started what many would call witch hunts in the 1950s and putting people on blacklists and stuff like that. Really, whether they were communist or not, mostly just like if you were suspected of being a communist or if you just said things that uh, he and the people on his side didn't like. So anyway, that's McCarthyism,
1: but also read a book. I mean, to your question of is that good writing or bad writing? I think I would quantify it as a poignantly powerful idea. Mm -hmm. What someone does with that idea is what then would be good or bad right but the the concept alone i think is really strong and powerful and that's why it allows itself to be refracted through these many different angles um because so many of us at this time like especially now in this country it's like you know you are my fellow citizen but do we agree are we are we mm-hmm. on the same quote unquote side
0: yeah no i i get that and when you said that i immediately thought of I immediately thought of something like QAnon. I mean, that's that's the thing that I think of as a cult or, or that kind of viewpoint where it's just like people who I never would have thought could be dragged into that kind of thing are suddenly believing and spouting things that I I never thought they would say. Um yeah. so yeah, you could you could you could put it there.
1: I mean, this is a very conspiratorial
0: movie. Absolutely. Right? Like, very paranoid.
1: Yeah. I mean, the cast in the film they're saying like people are getting replaced by alien like plant alien plants and if someone said that to me in real life i'd be like okay someone's yeah. sipping on that QAnon juice right so it, it almost could like vindicate QAnon
0: people in a certain way yeah i suppose so too you're like yeah yeah i guess so you know it's the question of like real life and in- influencing entertainment and then in- entertainment influencing real life do you feel like these kinds of movies where there's a a huge conspiracy like influence those kinds of people to 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 believe more in conspiracies or not? You know,
1: this goes back to what we were saying earlier that the concept could be refracted through many different angles. And right. just as well, our liberal angle, on the opposite side, someone could apply a very different one just as successfully.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it could very easily be seen as anti-communist because I feel like that's the way that a lot of people who are on that side would see communism is like being reduced to being a part of the collective and just like conforming. And, uh, um, you know, that's a way that it's not the way I see it, but that's the way a lot of people who, uh, would be on that side would see it.
1: Morgan. I'm getting the pricklies and the sweats. We haven't made a joke in like five minutes. Oh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just to lay out some logistics more. Okay. So I'll keep this as concise as I can, listener. Oh my God, what's yeah, her name? Brooke, Brooke Adams. Adams, right? She mm-hmm. plays Elizabeth Driscoll. Through her, we see that something is wrong because her partner Jeffrey is off. Jeffrey's not Jeffrey. Okay, as slow as the first part of the movie was, they were really efficient because, like, fifteen minutes into the movie during dinner, she's just like, "Jeffrey's not Jeffrey." I was like, "Holy!" Sh- they just said it. They said the thing. <laughs> they already said the thing.
0: I know this is gonna sound insane. Jeffrey is not Jeffrey. Body's done been snatched.
1: People throughout the film are repeatedly saying, My wife is not my wife. Jeffrey's not Jeffrey. My cousin's not my cousin. Whatever. And first of all, I think there's something almost kind of sweet is the wrong word, but like the fact that they can already that tell. People
0: would be able to tell. Yeah, I was wondering that yeah. too. I was like, would I I think I I think I'd notice, you know.
1: I feel like if you were body snatched, I'd just message someone we both know and be like, hey, Morgan's being fucking weird.
0: <laughs> you know what's, what's up with him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that way, I mean, not to take it back into deep dark stuff again, and I'll and we I'll shut up so that you can keep explaining the plot. But in that way, it could also be seen as like a metaphor for like mental illness, where it's just like they're not the same as they used to be. You know, somebody going through depression or any number of disorders, where it's like, yeah, specifically in the movie, the the ali- once you become. Uh, one of the duplicates, once you become one of the aliens, you lose all emotion and feeling. On the outside, Jeffrey is still Jeffrey. But on the inside, I can tell that there is something different. Something is missing. Emotion, feelings. He's just
1: not the same person.
0: So it could also be seen as metaphor for mental illness, especially because one of the characters is a psychiatrist. Anyway, continue with your plot.
1: Um. Yeah. So they they can tell that their loved ones are kind of off, and what we come to discover through the film is that these plants. Would you call them? I mean, plants? they're
0: alien. Yeah, they're plants. They're like plants. Alien plants. Aliens. Plant. Plant. Aliens. Pla- pla- aliens. Pla- aliens. Pla- pla- A- aliens. Ali- when, aliens.
1: When you're near an alien and you're asleep, they'll kind of overtake. And replicate you. And then once they've successfully finished duplicating your body and kind of downloading your consciousness into it, they like your body, as you see in the later half oh, of the film, your body just goes. There's it some just really gross parts earth. in this one.
0: Um
1: so that's the basic conceit is uh these plant aliens, if you fall play aliens, if you aliens, <laughs> if you fall asleep near one, they'll duplicate and get rid of your body. Um and we're following Donald Sutherland, who's playing a department of the public health worker.
0: Yes. Anything you want to add? More Uh on? Jeff Goldblum's in it. Good old Goldblum's in it. He's so young in this movie. He's like this young, gangly boy. He's so skinny. Not that he's not skinny now, but like, my goodness, he's
1: he's the best. His acting was the best in the film. Oh, though, I love.
0: Me. I really liked Donald, Donald Sutherland too. Um, he was definitely understated, but yeah, no, I I, yeah. I loved Goldblum. I mean, you gotta love Goldblum. So. Uh... Yes. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm looking through my notes. Okay. So they there's. I'll say I'll say that later. Let's talk, let's talk more about the movie. Okay. What's something that interested you?
0: I mean, I actually I I like the performances in the movie overall. I mean, stop talking. Are... I have a question. I okay, go.
1: <laughs> so in terms of this being an apocalypse, yeah. it's kind of weird and unique because society doesn't end per yeah. se. People are just transmuted into versions of themselves without emotions but you know people are still driving cars and buying groceries and going to school and there's no burning building and
0: stuff so would you
1: consider this an apocalypse
0: well i mean that's like to me it's analogous to the question of if you die you die and you're dead right if you get complete amnesia and you forget all of your memories but like your body keeps on going and you get new memories and you essentially become another person sort of um, is that old version of you dead so it's sort of it's sort of the same the same concept but on a worldwide scale worldwide scale it's like well the earth didn't blow up and society and like cities didn't collapse or anything like that but everything is irrevocably irrevocably changed so the world as we know it has ended um so i mean here's the here's the rub is that like people haven't lost
1: they have all of their memories still right it's just like you minus emotions
0: right yeah that is a really it's a really like i don't know it's a it's a what's the word i'm looking for it's a really kind of unsettling and also almost confusing thing about the movie is that the aliens, they, they have no, they have no motivation really other than to survive. Like they don't seem to have any desire to like fundamentally change the makeup of the world that they now inhabit. Their only goal is to just sort of reproduce and continue. But but they're not going to change the world in any huge way other than to like devote some of the world to the process of reproducing. That's what makes a parasite a
1: parasite, right? Like once, once a parasite gets in you, it's not, it's not changing what you're doing or, or redefining the systems of your body. It just wants to live.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think in the, if I remember correctly, when I looked up the book, it's specifically mentioned in the book that they like cannot reproduce on their own. So they like have to, create these duplicates and just like make these bodies and they just move on from world to world doing that um yeah i don't know i mean
1: your book knowledge is well and good morden but my parasite insight was pretty rocking <laughs> that was pretty good oh my god Well <laughs> was I... pretty I watched, a no, show, uh... I watched
0: a show the other day that had bot flies in it have you ever heard of bot flies no and i they're real gross don't look ahead, them up we'll cut that okay, out. okay nobody needs to know about bot flies <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay,
1: I feel like I'm ready. I know this is episode two, but we've been talking about this podcast for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to kind of put forth a definition of apocalypse that I'm comfortable using. Ooh, please. I, uh, so I feel like it is the end of our ways of life without our consent. Oh, yeah. And I can go into why I phrase it that way if you want. Yeah, sure do. So, for example the end of the ways of our life could be a good thing, right? Like if, you know, there's some new cure or whatever utopia, exactly. So that's why I'm saying without our consent is the difference, right? Like that's what makes an apocalypse an apocalypse. It's like, we don't want the world to explode. We don't want to be replaced by aliens. We don't want for zombies to eat our brains. Right. So I think that's why this movie still fits into apocalypse because Obviously, the world is still going on and society even is still going on, but we didn't want it to change in that way. And it's the complete end of how things were previously, because now everything is different.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, it definitely is a very different apocalypse from a lot of apocalypse movies and and yeah. even a lot of alien invasion movies. You know, it's just yeah it's just this slow descent into change like it's very unnerving especially the first half of the movie is just very unnerving and very unsettling because it really takes its time you know
1: the way that this movie is different is very much to its benefit and it's to me to to its detriment as well right. and we started talking about this last night but let's put the gloves on and get in the rain on the podcast let's talk <laughs> about it let's well i've it. thought
0: i've thought about it and i've i've softened my stance and I, I I already got where you were coming from but I definitely get where you're coming from even more
1: we both agreed first half of the film great especially because it was such the slow burn it was steeped in paranoia it's like oh who's who's a body sn- who's getting that body snatched who's, who's getting snatched, snatched? Next? but for me I got lost in the second half so uh, basically Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams find a you
0: know a crew of people who agree yes people's getting them bodies snatched and they get together and they go hey do you think people's getting them body snatched and the other hmm. one the other ones go yeah we do think people getting them body (laughs) snatched body snatched yeah
1: and that's how uh, happens line for line it takes 20 to 30 minutes for them to collectively agree on this and then their plan is to
0: i don't know well, this Morganza, is, this is one. The, it's like on one hand, I get from a story point of view why that doesn't really drive the movie forward, and that's kind of a flaw. But the on the other hand, I just don't know what plan they could have pretty much the whole world has been, or at least the whole city has been snatched and they like can't call anybody. Cause they've cut the power. You just sort of start running and you don't have time to come up with a plan. And you're just like going from place to place, trying to figure out what the hell to do, but you don't even really have time to talk about it. Cause you're just being chased the whole time and they're everywhere and they're all around you. And there's something really terrifying. I mean, that really is like, a classic nightmare. I mean, that is a nightmare that I've had many times, which is just like I'm running and no matter where I go, there's always like it's always it's always going to find me, you know. Um so there's something really scary about that, but it does kind of feel aimless as a movie during that part. Um So I don't know, I'm conflicted about it.
1: Really quickly, I was imagining experiencing this like in real life without a soundtrack and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, why is it so scary? It's just people not smiling at you. And I was like, Oh, that's a Midwesterners nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: just New York, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone gets snatched in New York. No one notices. Yeah, exactly.
0: Nobody has any idea what's happened. Um, uh... I mean, yeah. To your point about the movie, like, yeah,
1: that, that was where I struggled with it is, it was cool cuz you know so many movies nowadays it has this very clear and almost like trite goal of like we need to get the blank to the blank or we need to get the x to the y or Ugh. and i don't think that's the answer but i think having something to hold on to in the second half is more understand structures. yeah where yeah. we're going is, w- would help me stay steeped
0: in that paranoia without being confused right or bored um, you know it's weird because i think yeah. it was more easy to be bored during the second half than the first half even though there was less happening in the first half there was mud baths can we talk about there that? were mud baths why was that a 70s thing Good evening
1: belichick bass Yes, we recommend the 15-minute soak in Calistoga volcanic ash that's
0: followed by an aqua surge whirlpool dip.
1: I don't know. I kept thinking about, like, I can't go in those. What if someone peed while they were in it?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, that would somehow be worse than, like, somebody peeing in a pool or something like that. Because it's... Because it's not... You can't put, like, chlorine or something in there, can you? Do they? How do mud baths work?
1: When it first came up, I was like, "What am I looking at? Is this is this the horror?" Is <laughs> that was this the thing, the is, and I do
0: feel like that was kind of an intentional thing where it's just like the mud baths were somehow uh, like analogous to the alien pods, but it was just it was weird. It was it was a gross thing that had nothing to do with the aliens.
1: Five bucks, you getting in a mud bath?
0: I would try a mud bath.
1: Not those mud, mud bath? bath.
0: Not those mud baths. Like a nice mud bath. What's a nice mud bath? <laughs> You Pray know, tell. um, not. I mean, that one looked like it was in the fucking back of a laundromat. Like it looked real sleazy, but like a bougie mud bath. How do you? By definition, it's not clean. It's
1: mud, Morgan. How can you know you're yeah, getting into a good bath? But I feel like this mud?
0: cleaner mud than the mud that they had in those <laughs> mud baths. That was some dirty looking mud. That that was some crusty looking mud. That, <laughs> that wasn't was, that primo mud. That what that looked like concrete. That looked like fucking like you were gonna make a sidewalk out of it.
1: One of my favorite parts is so they were talking about how falling asleep is like the way you did, God. Right. So they like find these pills. Hey, take these. (laughs) They'll help. What is it?
0: Speed. It's speed. It'll keep us awake. Take five. (laughs) It's like you already know that it's speed. And now they're saying to take five. And it was so like casual. It was such, again, such a like, 70s thing, I feel like, yeah, all right, Phil Coffin. I'll take five if it's to stay away, not get my body
1: snatched, yeah, right in them
0: speeds. Oh my god, and then I felt so bad because then they immediately get captured and like put somebody puts a sedative in them, so I'm like, man, that's a lot of drugs, yeah, yeah, but apparently the
1: speed helped them counteract the sedative, oh, for sure, like, the,
0: yeah, so it, like all uh, even we- out.
1: Drugs are weapon to fight against the Just alien invasion. In the right...
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: The other kind of counter to the aliens was to have a re like not show the emotions on your face. Mm-hmm. Like be a really good actor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that that was the other weapon against the aliens. And I can did we we haven't talked about this yet, right? What mm-hmm. was up with the dog? Okay, so
1: to tell you audiences, you listeners, <laughs> earlier in the film they established this nice man playing on a di- guitar. It's a banjo. little pup. See, I was trying to say a banjo, and then my head said, Ron, you idiot. It <laughs> had six strings. It's not a banjo. <laughs> Banjo's going nope. to have six strings. It's a banjo. It's a banjo. Anyway, <laughs> it's a man
0: on his banjo with a dog. And Maybe. later on, oh, what? Oh, I was just going to say he was singing a song that I knew, and I was singing along with it.
1: Yeah, and when you did that, I was in my head. I was like, "Fucking show off!" But later on, Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams are running, and they trip over the two of them, and it's like, "Oh no, they're near a pod!" And then Donald kind of like kicks one, but they keep moving. And then later,
0: fucking dog runs forward with the guy's face on his face. Yeah, man. And I was, I was like confused for a minute. I was like, "Is this some has the?" aliens gotten to the dog and now the dog is some kind of weird hybrid or and then I was like oh but it's it's like a face uh, on the dog's face is it a mask and then I was like oh it's the actual guy's face how did what happened there
1: I mean okay so earlier on like one of the first lines is after Brooke Adams plucks one of what she doesn't know at the time is one of these uh, alien plants aliens Plalians. Plalians. and she's talking up to Jeffrey about I forgot the official term for it, but a word for a, a biological being that is the result of hybridizing two other beings, right? Like which is setting up for the or something. Yeah, the body snatchers is what that is, right? Yeah. Like you hybridize this the aliens and the humans,
0: right? This is like a messed up version of that. That's a doggy and a man. <laughs> so do you think That's... that that was the got the actual guy's face because he like dissolved or do you think it was the alien duplicates face because he kicked the pod
1: i think it it was like after donald after donnie boy donnie boy <laughs> the pod he messed up the duplication process and it merged the doggy and the
0: man oh no i think it was like an actual it seemed like it was an actual face hanging off of the dog
1: morgan just to clue you in that that was a prop
0: i well oh god really (laughs) i thought they used an actual man um (laughs) (laughs) oh that made me think of uh what was up with that amazing grace bit the bagpipes bit they like start hearing bagpipes while they're out running around and these are like oh ships there's ships music Ships. 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 we can get away. Was bagpipes actually playing in real life? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the
1: last third of that movie felt like a fever dream movie. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it really you did. Could've, you could have been like, they started playing uh, Amazing Grace on the keytar. Or like... <laughs> <laughs> you something. Wouldn't have known. And like, Yep. Well, I yeah. think
0: the concept was they were like hearing the bagpipes in real life because it was like a military ship and they thought that they were they would be unaffected because they were at sea and that like they were playing because you play Amazing Grace for like dead soldiers um, and so I think that's what they were getting at and then they but like the, played... the ship
1: was full of body snatchers, right?
0: Yeah, but he didn't know that until he walked up to it so I think he thought that they would that like it was fine because he heard amazing grace on the bagpipes
1: i like to think that uh a body snatcher with a secret dream to play the bagpipes was really taking that opportunity they were like hey jim what are you doing and it's like oh you know i have to do this it's this human's job yeah bagpipe player yeah yeah
0: i also love that they they were like running from the body snatched people and then they ended up in like the red light district which oh seemed yeah Lots to be of nude. Totally fine. And like, <laughs> no, nobody seemed to be body snatching that part, and I was sort of like, do the body snatchers not like strip clubs? Like, why, why are none of these people body snatched? Yeah, I. Are they uh, prudes? I... Do body snatch oh. people have sex?
1: Body snatchers are nerds, man. Oh, they're fucking, they're fucking losers. They're losers. They're losers. They don't get invited to the club. No, 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 no.
0: no body snatchers in the club. No, that's my new single. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's not just in the club. The club.
1: <laughs> my favorite scene in the movie. You ask, I'll answer. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy plays this famous psychiatrist who's a friend of Donald Sutherland. We find out he's a body snatcher. He's snatching. He's getting ready to snatch up Donald and Brooke. Yeah, and uh, it's exposition time, right? Leonard's like. We are ways, you know, yeah, we have come in from the solar winds. We are here and life's purpose is to survive. And and then Donald Sutherland knocks the shit out of him (laughs) to me. That was his character going. No, we mustn't understand. We mustn't understand what's (laughs) going on. No more
0: exposition. We came here from a dying world. We drift through the universe from planet to planet, pushed on by the solar winds. We adapt. We survive. The function of life is survival.
1: Don't tell us.
0: Don't never get any more. And then there were like the two times right after that where Donald Suther- Sutherland just totally curved on somebody where he just chose not to answer a question that was very important.
1: Oh, my God. Brooke Adams looks at him and says so soulfully, I love you, Matthew. He, My man has his eyes on the prize. He says to Leonard Nimoy, why are you doing this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, I'll answer that later. And he does. He says, I love you, too, like 15 minutes later. But, uh, yeah. It's,
1: it's so much later. It feels like Philip Kaufman forgot that happened. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs>
0: I got I to gotta close that loop. Oh, my God. And then, uh, and then Jeff Goldblum's character has already been snatched. But as they're escaping, they run into his girlfriend who has not been snatched, uh, and she's like, uh, "I, I haven't. Have you seen? Have you seen whatever his face? Jack? Jack have you seen Jack? Um, we need to find Jack." And Donald just like, there's like a full two seconds, and then he's like, "We gotta go." Like he, does, he just like <laughs> does not answer at all. Oh my god. Okay,
1: so let's say this is happening in real life. Uh huh. How long do you think it would take you to catch on that the people who you live with have been snap- been snatched?
0: I don't think it would take me very long because my parents are just very emotive, expressive uh, peoples. I feel like the first people to notice would probably be like people in creative professions. I mean, that's a question. Do you think that like the body snatch people like play music or make art or do any of that? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Art, art relies I, on emotion, right?
1: I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I think it's anyone who is keyed in to the people they care about, right? Because it's really easy to have That's people true. around you who you don't really listen to or yeah. are receptive to. But, you know, you care about your family, so of course you're going to notice when right.
0: they're off. I do think that, you would, that I, personally, would notice if a person I love had been replaced. If something about them had just like fundamentally changed,
1: who do you think would be the first person to notice that you're different?
0: That I'm different. Hmm. I mean, at the moment living with my parents, probably, I mean, it could be either of my parents. I feel like probably my mom. Um, cause I, you know, it even like in real life, if I'm feeling depressed or anxious, like she catches on pretty quick. Um, but my dad does, too. So, I, I, yeah, I think it might be my mom, but I think my dad would catch on pretty quick, too.
1: Uh, I live with two roommates. I think I'd catch on. I At first, I would assume that, like, they're just having really bad days Yeah. Um, like after day one. But day two, if it's still going, I'd, like, just message them and be like, hey, you okay? Yeah. And then depending on what they say. I mean, it's hard, right? Like, it's not like they're going to be... No matter what they say, I'm not going to jump to,
0: they got their buddy snatched. Right, right. You
1: know?
0: (laughs) Well, but that is is an interesting question, too. Like, do you think, because this goes back to, like, maybe being a metaphor for mental illness, because that definitely would be my first assumption, is that they're depressed or they're anxious or they're dealing with some kind of other mental health issue. Do you think that there would be enough of a difference between like recognizing that your friend is going through some kind of mental health thing versus recognizing that your friend is not your friend. Do you feel like you'd be able to notice that? Or do you like make that distinction? Obviously it's an impossible question to answer, but what's your instinct?
1: Well, in the movie, what was Jeffrey saying to soothe Elizabeth? What was his response?
0: I remember. Well, the thing about Jeffrey was, like, I felt like he didn't try very hard. You know what I mean? Like, he was just like, it's fine. I have a thing I have to do at work. And he just kind of left. Um, it almost seemed like the Snatchers got better at faking it as the movie went along. Like, Leonard Nimoy's ca- character was way better at faking it after he got snatched than uh, than Jeffrey's character was. Jeffrey was, like, very robotic, which makes me wonder if, like, they learn the more people they snatch or something i don't know um and now i've been talking so long that i've forgotten what you asked me i
1: think it depends so your original question was do you think i'd be able to tell if someone was having a mental health crisis versus if their body's been snatched yes i think so Mm -hmm. because body snatch is like boom minus emotions Whereas mental health crisis is a spectrum of right. things, right? You know, and depression is like numbness of emotions. Yeah. But I still think there's a difference absence. between numb and absence. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yes, I I mean, as long as I'm tuned in to the people around me, right? Then, I, at the le- at the very least, there is a difference in pers- in how it would come across.
0: Right. I mean, I think horror as a genre relies on there are two basic things that i think horror relies on it's fear of the unknown and fear of the known turning into the unknown which is almost a scary one scarier one for me because it's like the unknown of course everybody's scared of the unknown everybody's scared of the you know everybody grew up scared of the dark or or whatever or deep water or space or like those those things i think are just naturally scary to us but the idea of something very familiar to you, then becoming super unfamiliar is really freaky. Um, and that's definitely, that's something that freaks me out. I, that's something that I used to have when I was a kid is like, I'd get freaked out and I'd get scared of the dark or whatever. And I think, Oh, but you know, my mom and my dad are in the next room. And then I'd have the next thought of, but what if my mom came into my room and she wasn't my mom, you know? Um which I think is a really essential fear that this, this movie gets at.
1: There's something like they try and court Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams over at one point. They're like, you can still be you just minus your emotions. And you know, on a personal note, and I know a lot of people felt this way. Sometimes I've like cursed my emotions. and been like, why can't I be me and just not feel these things? Right. You know? So there is something I wouldn't say immediately 24-7 appealing to it, right? It's not like I walk around all the time being like, get rid of these things in me. <laughs> get them out.
0: You just walk down the street yeah. going, get them out. <laughs> oh, no, I feel happy. Oh, no. But yeah, I feel like at our lowest
1: lows, it's not uncommon for at least the thought to cross someone's mind of like, I'd, I'd feel better if all of this was just gone. That's true. If this was just out of me. It would be interesting
0: um, to have a version of this movie where someone or even a whole group of people submitted to them willingly, willingly, you know, or just like, yeah, yeah actually... you know what? Sure. That sounds great. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Honestly. Ugh. I mean, didn't, didn't after she was converted, I mean, obviously she was on their team now, but Brooke Adams was like, wasn't she like Donnie, c- come on over joint. The water's good here. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what she, she said. <laughs> thanks in. it's warm in here somebody peed in the mud bath it's real warm C- come on in come on into this mud bath i'm naked
1: yeah she was and she naked, was y'all. which
0: makes sense because she had just been duplicated they don't duplicate your clothes or anything
1: yeah but they didn't have to show her nipples i don't know it felt <laughs> weird to me it was framed so weirdly to me we didn't oh, see jeff God. goldblum's junk that's all i'm saying that's true no
0: that's true that's true
1: should we do on killable Bee? yes we should
0: the unkillable being
1: i'll set the stage so listeners if you're unfamiliar morden and i have a dream we have a dream of a being that can walk through any apocalypse unscathed and we has started out as a blank slate right and our goal is to with each movie we watch bolster them with skills appropriate for the movie until after all these movies you watch they are an unkillable being now, Morden, will you please tell the listeners what we gave the Unkillable Being last episode for our, for the Mitchells versus the Machines?
0: I believe it was basic computer skills and a pet pug. <laughs> yes,
1: and we won't explain why. Go listen to the episode.
0: <laughs> Check out our podcast on wherever it the hell it's going to be.
1: So, the way this works is Morden and I each put forth one, one trait, and... When they put, we put it forth, the other person can kind of, you know, poke holes in it, talk about it. Because we don't want to do anything too overpowered, right? If we say that well being is immortal, right. good for you. Wow, look at it. you. Look at you and the wow. podcast now. So, uh, Morganza, why don't you start? Oh, man. This one's tough. Um, I already have two in my
0: chamber. I'm just oh, seeing damn, which one dude, you pull so I good. can put the other one out. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay well like the first thing i thought of <laughs> was just like good acting skills that you could pretend to be one of them really well that you could just be like and just pretend to have uh no emotion um so <laughs> i guess just like drama training <laughs> like you were a theater kid um uh i'm trying to think of something else well you wait do can one. i okay uh just to reiterate
1: as to why Morden is saying this, uh, the, the hallmark of a body snatcher is they don't show emotion. So if you walk around and you're not showing emotion, they'll generally assume you're one of them. Um, so I want to put forth that I said something similar, and I'd like to kind of debate the two. So you say good... I know you haven't chosen it, but so you said like good trauma training. I said a really good poker face.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Because... It's not so, I mean, it is acting, but it's really just n- not at the same time. It's like not doing it's it. It's the saying absence of acting. Exactly. Yeah.
0: As deep, man.
1: <laughs> Thanks, dude. I spent <laughs> up all night talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you think? <laughs> what just happened?
0: The ghost of unfinished sentences seized me. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, it just takes over my body. Um, uh, yeah, it could be either. It could be acting or poker face. I could go for either of those. Well, what it sounded like you
1: were pontificating another one.
0: No, I got nothing. Um, lots of fight like flame, flamethrower. Um, burn, burn all them plants. Nah, I think that's. I think. I think that's too obvious. Okay. 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 Maybe you just hate plants, so you never go near them. <laughs> um you don't sleep you can't you can't sleep see okay damn it all right so
1: all right you have you a lar- of you now. just have a
0: uh, you have a huge uh uh supply of speed you're just <laughs> like you have <laughs> yeah. a, just a huge pile of cocaine that's i
1: was gonna suggest that but i was like that's not family friendly no, so we can't say that no, no, i was gonna say insomnia
0: oh but that doesn't like See, the thing about insomnia is that you, you no matter what, you're still not going to stay awake forever, so that's not going to... I mean, at a certain point, your body will either force you to go to sleep, or you will die.
1: I'm going to keep arguing for insomnia. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to keep arguing, though, just to see how we feel. Because even when they started <sighs> to fall asleep, they got each other out of it. So if you don't sleep in the first... If you have trouble sleeping in the first place, I feel like you have a better chance already.
0: Right. Well, it's also the question of... What is the most helpful thing in this scenario? Is it to have some kind of ability that will allow you to survive better when they have already taken over? Or is it some kind of ability that will allow you to notice that things are happening more quickly because then you will be able to prevent it from going too far? Because I feel like if you if you tend to this could be an argument for insomnia, because if you tend to not sleep in general, then it will take longer for you to get snatched, which means that you have more time to observe other people getting snatched and hopefully like stop it before it goes too far. But I feel like there could be other things that could be helpful for that, too. I'm just trying to think of what they would be.
1: Yeah, I just I think like the way it happens is you're sleeping and they need to touch you. So maybe there's something there. Mm. Can't be touched. It's a slow process. Can't be touched.
0: Your, your <laughs> you ability can't... is that your MC <laughs> no hammer. One can... No one can touch. Yeah. If
1: that wasn't so OP, I'd say yes, because it's so ridiculous. Because if you can't be touched, <laughs> nothing can kill you. Nothing.
0: This is a toughie. It's a toughie because like they it, they really make it seem like in the movie that there's, uh, there's just no way to avoid it. Here we go. I got it. If you have a
1: suit of armor, they can't touch your skin. They
0: can't. They can't duplicate you. Right. They'll duplicate the armor. Or like a... I'm serious. <laughs> like an astronaut suit? No, I'm talking knight. <laughs> I'm talking I know, I chain I proposing alternates, but I like... I'm a... talking plate. Yeah, plate mail. Are
1: you, are you afraid we're going to spurn away mainstream
0: audiences by going medieval? No, I like... <laughs> A, a medieval knight with basic computer skills and a pet pug sounds great. Um, see, see, I
1: am sad we're going in this direction because in the future, where the two we chose were poker face and insomnia, if it's poker face, insomnia, basic computer skills, and pet pug, I'm like, great. Our unkillable incoll- being is any college student in this country. <laughs> like, that's all. Oh, our that hero. is better.
0: That is better. That is better for the future than our ar- than armor um armor is just so specific i like how ridiculous it is but it's so specific that is true um but insomnia and poker face are so general (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is true oh man now i'm kind of liking insomnia and poker face insomnia good poker we'll see okay you can't like it just because it'd be funny for unkillable
1: beings. why not authentic
0: (laughs) um but it does make sense. I mean, I'm still a little iffy on insomnia because I don't know how helpful that would actually be.
1: I don't think it really works. Because you're right? You fall asleep eventually. And if anything, it's yeah. more of a detriment.
0: Yeah, because you're already if you if you already actively have insomnia when things start happening, then you're already you're just gonna be tired and you're gonna be I mean, yeah, uh, and insomnia is not fun. I've had it, and it's bad. Um, what would be good?
1: When we choose our answers, are they limited to the world? For example, could I say iPhone? I wouldn't, but like iPhones oh. aren't a thing in this world. I
0: mean, I definitely, in general, would say limited to the world. But that is an interesting question for this one because it is in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So is the question if this apocalypse happened? now what would be a useful thing or if this apocalypse happened in the area era I feel like it has to correspond to the world of the movie specifically
1: yes like if we imagine it as sending the un- unkillable being into the movie yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right, what's the thing that
1: we already have it was drama training or poker face we didn't agree
0: on let's say poker one. face okay and then Good at running. Runs runs good. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What if it was no friends? (laughs) Wait, how would that help? Because then you wouldn't notice at all. And then at some point somebody would like you just. No, you're right. (laughs) I feel like if anything, more friends would be more helpful because the more friends you have, the more likely you are to notice that something's happening earlier. But also, the more friends you have, the more likely they are to, like, get to you, I guess. I don't know.
1: This is a toughie. Okay, wait. What did they do in
0: Nightmare on Elm Street? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. You know what the premise is or no? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, it would be helpful to have something that would help you stay awake for longer. But there's nothing that's going to keep you awake forever without also killing you. Unless you're in like a hermetically sealed room and then the I mean, it's not like can't get in at you.
1: Yeah, right. Like, it's not like wherever you fall asleep, there will be a pod. <clears throat> so staying up longer can help you find places where you can fall asleep safely. Right. I mean, what about coffee? What about just, just co- a cup of Joe? A cup of
0: Joe. <laughs> Starbucks gift card. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Starbucks it gift is. card. <laughs> Starbucks gift card. That's it. That's got to be it. <laughs>
1: That's it. It's a $50 Starbucks gift card. A
0: poker face? And a $50 Starbucks gift card.
1: Locking in $50 Starbucks gift card. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> to we fight it. against the body snatchers. Perfect. <laughs> and the oh, unkillable man. being sets off once more we To the next did it. apocalypse. Don't
0: get your, don't get your body snatched. That's our phrase that we say every episode. Don't, 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 don't get, get, don't them get the body, body snatched.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Apocalypse
0: Now. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye, don't get that body snatched.